There are certain things that happen in our environment that can affect us. And it can affect our state of mind, it can affect our emotions, it can also affect our overall well-being. And that's the reason why we need to be not just aware of self, but also aware of the situation around us. Today, I'm going to be talking about a very common thing that we experience, especially when there is a change in seasons and we start to feel a little colder, it's darker and probably a bit wet. As a result of that, many have found themselves feeling low in mood and just constantly having that drag, like they do not want to get out of bed. Or maybe they find themselves snacking a lot and gaining weight. Has this happened to you? It is called seasonal affective disorder. Sad. So we're going to be talking about how to tackle feeling sad. I am Dr. Denis. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, and the best-selling author of the book, Everyone is a Supermom. And today I'm going to be sharing with you this very important thing that many people don't really pay attention to because they feel, oh, it's part of the routine, the winter blues. Sometimes you don't even have to get into winter for it to actually hit you. Sometimes it's just as autumn starts to become more obvious. And of course, as winter flows in, then you have the holiday season. And with the holiday season, while of course it's supposed to be jolly, we all know that in our different communities, in our different families, we have challenges. There are people and circumstances that might be brought up during those festive seasons that might cause us quite a bit of distress. It might start with your Thanksgiving dinner and it's that awkward silence, that awkward discussion then it's Christmas and all those awkward occurrences. And all these can contribute to the ill health that we feel. And we do not pay attention that even the season, the environment, the climate is also contributing to it. Now, you might ask me, how do I know if I am experiencing this seasonal affective disorder? Or in this case, I'll just refer to it as sad. There are quite a few common things. But before I go into that, I'll share with you something that happened. I noted quite a bit for a few years, I was suddenly finding myself feeling really, really sluggish, especially at certain times of the year. Now, of course, we all know that there are certain times that we are more proactive. During summer, you want to go out hiking, you want to do adventures, especially with your children as, and, uh, as a mother. And it's really beautiful. And they also have energy. So much so that sometimes at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, you're telling them to go to bed. They really don't want to go to bed because they have so much energy. One of the reasons why is because they have an exposure to sunlight for a longer period of time. But as the year goes round, we get towards autumn, getting into winter, we have shorter days. And because we have shorter days, our exposure to sunlight is less. Unfortunately, that takes a toll. So I started feeling this tiredness, just this kind of wanting to stay in bed even after my alarm had rung. And sometimes the weekend where I would normally have gotten up and done one or two things, I would just stay in bed till almost noon sometimes. And this wasn't really the very best way to tackle situations. But that's when I knew that, oh my goodness, I need to start looking at things. 
and paying attention to why I feel this way. It happened one year, then the next year, then the third, I was like, oh my word, this is not ideal. And so some symptoms, common symptoms, like I mentioned of SAD, included me feeling tired. So that increased exhaustion. Sometimes it's just that lack of pleasure in things that you normally enjoy doing. So if you were someone that enjoyed baking, suddenly you just go, oh, I don't want to bake. I don't want to go for a walk. Um, you persistently having this low mood, feeling sad, quite irritable. And sometimes this very commonly, especially among mothers, is that feeling of guilt, of worthlessness. It can be a situation whereby a child says, I want to do this with you, mommy. And you say, oh, I can't do it now because I'm so weak and tired and I'm not in the mood. And then you start to feel guilty that you're depriving your child of having that particular experience. And sometimes we find ourselves sleeping longer than usual. I mean, sleep is a good thing. But when you sleep longer than you're meant to sleep, it doesn't serve as a good thing anymore. It starts to become a problem. Another very important thing is difficulty concentrating. As mothers, we are constantly juggling. When we are taking care of the children, let's say you're bathing your child, you're thinking about the food. You're thinking about tomorrow. You're thinking about the bag. You're thinking about school. You're thinking about so many things. So if you have problem concentrating, you can see that the amount of work you'll need to do to get things on point will be immensely increased. For that reason, many people struggle. And what do we do when we struggle? We tend to crave comfort. The comfort could be you just coiling under the duvet for longer than you should. The comfort could be you binge eating. Now, there has been found that there is an increased craving for carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are great, but if you're taking excessive amounts, those carbohydrates, once they are utilized, and of course, because you're wanting to sleep all day, the amount of physical activity to burn those extra calories is not there. You're not doing those physical activity. So the extra carbohydrate calories that you built up then get stored in different forms, including fat, and then we gain weight. Hence, we find out that by the time we are entering the new year, we start to see, oh my goodness, I've put on a lot of pounds. Oh my goodness, how am I going to lose all this weight? And then what do we do? We do new year resolution. It's time to hit the gym, buy that equipment, get the Peloton. And then we start to make those didactic plans. And as we make those plans, we start pushing ourselves week one, week two, and then we fall off the ladder and we feel like a failure. And that vicious cycle continues. But it does not have to be like that if we understand how this works, how to recognize it and what to do when you feel this way. And you might be very lucky that maybe it's not you that is feeling this way, but you know a mother who is feeling this way. Draw the attention to it. This kind of condition is one that can be treated and looked at as another form of depression. So it has been defined, sad, as a type of depression that goes in a seasonal pattern. When you have this kind of 
up and down. You're fine in summer, winter, you're like gloomy. <laughs> you need to start to think, okay? So you will need to see your doctor or a specialist. So if, of course, you're struggling, you're not being able to cope, you need to seek help. Remember, seeking help is not a sign of weakness, but it is a sign of strength. If there's anything I've found is that when you seek help, it is a way of giving yourself the voice to speak. Say, I speak on my behalf. I'm my, I am my representative. So you're not cowering. You're not suffering in silence. It's such a powerful thing. And so, like I mentioned before, of course, as the day goes by and we have shorter days, we have little or minimal or reduced exposure to natural sunlight. As a result of that, it, the chemicals that should be released in our body is affected. So we've got longer periods of darkness. So melatonin, which is a very good chemical when it comes to helping you sleep, is produced, <laughs> okay? And it's usually higher than normal. So you start to feel sleepy for longer and that's why you sleep excessively. Another very important chemical, which is serotonin, that one, unfortunately, it's reduced. Now, serotonin is one of those important chemicals that help with our mood. And that is the reason why when people have low serotonin, they are sometimes given a prescription drug that helps with that depression. And the aim of that drug is to help to maintain the level of serotonin circulating in their body so that their mood is elevated and they are not feeling depressed. Another very important thing that kind of gets disrupted is your circadian rhythm. We have this beautiful harmony that happens within our being. And we have the certain hours in the day and as night goes, crawls in, we start to feel sleepy. And unfortunately, when time changes in such a way that the days are getting shorter, we kind of have a little bit of um, a kind of disorientation because we're like, oh, wait, wait, what's going on? It's just six o'clock and it's really pitch dark. It's 4 p.m. and it's already getting dark. It feels like eight o'clock. And then your body starts to want to sleep, whereas maybe you have a meeting that is booked at five o'clock or you're, you're, you're still at work. You're, you're going to be leaving work at five or half past five to get home. So there are quite a few things to consider. However, it's not the end. It's not like, oh, goodness, this is affecting me, and so I can't do anything about it. I want you to look at yourself as that beautiful plant, okay? Reason being that when we are feeling like there is something going on, there's something not quite right, it's very important for us to notice, notice that you can do something about it, and so can I. While I said, of course, you need to see your doctor or a healthcare professional, there are many things that you can do that will shape your experience of this and will help you to tackle this feeling sad. These are lifestyle changes. I'm going to start first of all by saying, okay, you are a beautiful plant. What are some things that a plant needs to grow? Your plant needs light, sunlight. Now, unfortunately, at that time, 
you can't suddenly go draw <laughs> some sunlight in and put it in the sky because yeah, it's winter, it's autumn, it's really changed in terms of weather. But you can do something about it. You can maximize the time you spend exposed to light. And we talk about light, natural sunlight is usually the first best option for you. There are, however, these um, devices called light boxes. And these light boxes, they help with keeping you alert and helping with your level of awakeness. Okay. It is recommended that you expose yourself to about 30 minutes to an hour of this light in the morning. And that kind of helps to set you up for the day, which is quite good. So I know that um, there are certain people that experience this a bit more often than others. You might have your light box as a proper box, <laughs> okay? Or you might have it as a desk lamp. Some people have it as a bit of like a, you know how you have a picture frame on your desk and you have that being illuminated. That's another way that people use, use this kind of device. So whatever actually works with you is very, very important because you see, when you're looking at making changes in your life or to your situation, there is a temptation for you to say, oh, okay, I've been through this and I tried this and it didn't work. So I'm going to give up. But if you and I were to say, okay, I'm going to make a change and that change is going to work for me because what worked for Mr. A will not work for Mr. B. What worked for Miss A may not work for Miss Z. And so we need to individualize our management and individualize what we kind of put together for ourselves. So like I mentioned before, light boxes, exposing yourself to um, natural light, those are things you can do. You can sit by the window. You can make sure that you go out. If you have a break in between meetings, don't just sit at your desk, get up and move. I happen to... <laughs> No, an office that has no window, as in seriously, no window. All you have is a door to enter and that's it. And you have several people in the room. Now you wonder, how would, how would you not feel sad if you have a place like that? So if you're on a break, step out, go get some natural sunlight, go get some fresh air. And as a plant, you need air. That is so important. So light, air. And I've talked about this in quite a few episodes. If you want to kind of explore that further, there are some episodes where I've talked about the different ways by which you kind of use your breath and maximize your breathing to improve your well-being. So making sure that you're taking deep, full breaths. That's so important. Okay. Right. Then what other thing do we need, especially as plants? We need nourishment. Nourishment comes in form of hydration. Nourishment also comes in form of nutrition. Nutrition is so key. Like I mentioned before, when we're feeling that low mood, feeling sad, feeling unhappy, feeling stressed out, and all that kind of thing, 
guess what happens? We go snack on some not particularly healthy options. If you have gone to your refrigerator and you are feeling a bit peckish or you feel like you want to nibble something, if you open and you did not find any um, certain, maybe perhaps you found some some fruits, you might just look, oh, I'm not in the mood for fruit. Or you go to the um, pantry and what do you see? A bag of crisps. Yeah, sure, crisps. Here we go. And then you open it. And that's a choice. That is a lifestyle choice. And it to, to actually put it in plain terms, when you take that fruit, it may not taste as sweet to you as that crisp because the crisps is done in such a way the level of the fat plus the level of the salt plus the level of the sugar and everything combined stimulates your taste buds. I want more. So you will crave more of that. Unfortunately, those are not very healthy options. But you and I can do something about that. What can we do? We can stock up on healthy options. So, for example, this is where you kind of mobilize your children. So if you've got children that are old enough to handle cutlery. And this can start as early as two years old. Yes, you heard me right, two years old. Get some cucumbers, get some other vegetables, whatever your choice is, tomatoes, whatever that is, and give them the task to wash the tomatoes and chop them up. These are certain things that you can use as snacking options. They are healthy. And they are also going to help you feel that fullness. And because of that, you're not going to be piling up those pounds like you would ordinarily if you were just eating from a pack of crisps. Another very important thing to think about is, right, so I need this nourishment and I need this hydration. What else do I need? Your plants. You need to look at ways by which you can be grounded. Now, I like this thought when you're thinking about being grounded, because being grounded is not just being connected to earth, but it's also being able to let go of certain things that are not serving you. And also to let that mental and emotional aspect of your being feel empowered. That is something that we employ when we are talking about stress management. When there's something in your life, perhaps you've heard some bad news, perhaps you're going through a challenging situation, and this thing is really stressing you out. What tends to happen is that you have a chemical called cortisol that is released. You might have heard that many times before, how that stress factor can stimulate you to go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And when you're in that state, there are certain other chemicals that are released that would increase your blood pressure, cause your blood sugar to be all over the place because of insulin, will also cause you to, if the stress is persistent, also cause certain other factors that even affect your period as a woman. So this is not a small matter. And we need to be very aware of how to tackle it. And so stress management is so good. Grounding yourself can come in the form of meditation. Grounding yourself can come in the form of journaling. Because when you do this, you're transferring all those worrying thoughts, all those low mood thoughts on paper, and you can actually 
process better what you are going through. Another very important thing for us to think about is the ability to move. You know how you are in an environment, in a situation, and you you feel stressed, but you're getting to that point where you're stressed, but you're not having so much energy. What's the likely thing for you to do? Most likely not to run away. You might either freeze or, you know, try to get yourself in a a position where you, you kind of feel like cocooned away. That is a human protective mechanism. And there's nothing wrong with that, except when you're in that position of cocooning, cocooning yourself, unfortunately, you are not growing. You're not thriving. You're not making progress. And what happens then? Things start to get worse. Things start to spiral out of control. And then you start to make mistakes and you start to feel that increased self-worth going down the drain. Then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I knew I was not good enough. Well, I knew that that person was right. That person said I wasn't good enough. Can you imagine? And all that stemmed from the fact that we kept ourselves stuck. Movement, and I particularly use the word movement rather than exercise, because if you tell somebody who is feeling depressed, so let's go exercise. (laughs) I don't think that person is going to look at you and say, yes, come on, let's do it. Because at that point, the person is not even thinking, I want to move my body at all. I want to exercise. But if the movement you want to engage in can be a walk down the road, it can be a dance with your kids, it can be some group activity that you have in your local community. I know that sometimes we have local communities putting up um, on activities, local clubs, sometimes it's um, uh a library, and this is very, very common, especially if you've got young children that are preschoolers. So with the preschoolers, the children are able to um, go with their parents and they have moving sessions, they sing, and it's such a very good experience. So if you're a new mom or you have um, a child that is preschool, look for the um, child care centers in your area or the libraries or even the um, community centers in your area to see if they've got any activities that you and your toddler, you and your child could actually attend. It's so helpful, especially during winter. Now, I just happened to have my children at the cold parts of the year. And um, I know what value that gave me to be able to say, okay, I know it's cold, but it's good for us to go for activities. So I wrap them all up, snowsuit and all, and we go to the library or we go to those places because I found the value of being able to be in an environment where we did some, you know, movement and some singing and just being there with other people, sharing and laughing. Even though ideally you think, oh, these people are strangers. I don't know them. They don't really know me. But that ability to of camaraderie, you're a mom like me, is such a good thing. Okay. And then some other things, and this one might be a little beyond what you can do, is actually asking for help. 
This is where, when you ask for help, the kind of things that are done for you can form, can include different type of therapies. Now, these therapies come in different shapes and sizes. There is a particular one that is very, very useful, and that is the cognitive behavioral therapy, or what some people call CBT. This kind of therapy, it's like a talking therapy whereby it takes a concept that the way you think and you behave affects the way you feel. Have you heard of this saying? If you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. And if you believe you cannot do something, you feel defeated. You feel like, oh, I'm not able to achieve something. And that's not the best attitude to have. But can you see how the way you think is affecting how you're feeling? And so CBT helps to process that, work through that. Okay, there's a situation that has happened. What were certain thoughts that were going through your mind at that time and how did they make you feel? And as you look at that, it starts to reverse engineer. Okay, what else can you do? What else could you have done differently? And how do you think that would have made you feel? Now, this usually can take place in a one-to-one setting. I know that certain times that you can actually have a computer-based CBT session, you can have it in a group. And sometimes you can actually have it in a situation whereby you have um, um, a kind of a smaller group whereby maybe a family is working on a certain thing or a particular unique group of people that have a shared um, experience. For example, if we have quite a few mothers here that are experiencing SAD, we can say, okay, we're all mothers here. This is what we're going through. Let's go through and work through how our thought process is affecting how we feel. Usually it takes about a few weeks to months to kind of go through this process, but it's quite useful as well. Another very important one is um, psychodynamic psychotherapy. Now, this particular way of talking therapy is such that it kind of looks at how your past events in your life affects your current reality, how you feel today. For example, perhaps, oh, you had a loss in the past. Maybe someone close to you died or you lost a job or you lost your income or there was a failed relationship. Whatever that is, that past event still has an impact on our lives. And Sometimes that can actually make us feel a certain way. What happens with these is when you're feeling this certain way and you get an understanding that, oh, this particular past activity happened and it's making me feel a certain way even now, then you can process it. And most times they kind of talk about uh, counseling being combined with this because, I mean, (laughs) It can be quite painful, some people's pasts. Maybe you've got this hidden skeleton. You don't ever want to resurrect it. You don't ever want to dig it up. Psychodynamic psychotherapy helps to go, get the shovel, dig up the bones. And sometimes it's so traumatic. And that's the reason why you need um, a trained counselor and a therapist to go through this process with you. Because while you're uncovering that past event that is affecting your life now, you can actually walk through this and actually have that um, improvement in your health. Another very important thing is antidepressants. 
Now, I know that some people do not like drugs. Um, I, I'm not saying that their drugs are bad. There's a place for them. And if you do need medication, please, you need to have medication. Do not suddenly say, oh, I don't need medication and I'm going to stop my medication. Antidepressants especially are not those kind of medications you can just start and stop. Because as I mentioned in the beginning, when you have um, experiencing SAD, you have a disruption in some hormones, one of which is serotonin. Serotonin needs to be at a certain level for you to have an elevated and happy mood. When that is low, which is what happens in SAD, unfortunately, you need to take medication to replace or to, to um, enhance the circulating serotonin. Okay. And these medications can take up to four to six weeks to work. And when you stop taking them suddenly, unfortunately, it can cause serious problems. So you need to consult your doctor. You need to actually have a plan of how you're going to take it when you're going to be reviewed. And of course, if at any point you're feeling like you want to harm yourself, you want to kill yourself, please seek help. There was a very sorrowful event that occurred where a woman had gone through um, some challenges. She had gone through childbirth. She had, um, her relationship was breaking down. She had young children. She was really under a lot of stress. And she, nobody really picked up that she was depressed. Unfortunately, by the time they found out it was too late, she had taken poison to end her life. When she voiced it out to someone, unfortunately, they could not save her. This woman died. Now, I know that that sounds morbid, but it's something that can occur and we do not want that to occur. It is our desire that even when you're going through these ups and downs, which we all go through in life at some point or the other, we need to reach out to each other and know that I see you, I hear you, you're loved, you're cherished. And that's the reason why it's so important to be a member of a community. And so I'd like to invite you to just come. Do not stay isolated. Man, uh, woman, we are not meant to be an island. We are meant to be a community. We are a global community. We may look different. We may talk different. We may have different languages, beliefs, but we are inherently the same. And so the kind of, this kind of therapies that you can actually put in place to help, these kind of medications you can put in place to help, they are so, so good. And so you can't say, oh yes, I'll take this, but I won't take that. You need to have that balance. As you're taking the medication, as you're taking the, um, having the therapy, talking therapy, you can still have that light therapy as well. There's something I wanted to draw your attention to, especially if you're someone who is taking certain herbal remedies like St. John's wort, or perhaps you're taking something like um, antibiotics. Some of them include like tetracycline, trimethoprim, doxycycline, just to mention a few. Some of these antibiotics, they increase your sensitivity to light. So be mindful of them when you're using a light box. Okay, so these are certain things that you can do that your doctor can also do for you 
So sad is not the end of everything. It's not like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. But it's something that you and I can work through. How many months is it? Quite a few months. In some areas, we have them lasting longer. And so we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Another very important thing which I need to recommend is taking your vitamin D supplements. Why? Because vitamin D is predominantly activated when you're exposed to natural sunlight. Now, if you have reduced exposure because the days are shorter and you're working indoors most of the time, guess what? You're going to have depleted stores. It has been found that vitamin D is not a vitamin. It's a hormone and it's linked to bone health, heart health, gut health, um, even brain health. And so it's very important for us to be very mindful of taking the amounts that would replenish us. Some people have been found, and I know I've seen this quite a few times as well, where the, some patients are feeling depressed. And for some reason, we decided to do some blood tests. Unfortunately, it was found on those blood tests that they had low vitamin D levels and a style replacement. The moment the style replacement, guess what? Their, their mood improved. Things started to get look sunnier and they started to feel better. Why? Because they started to replace the depleted vitamin D stores. So pay attention to that and just make sure that while you're going through the autumn, the winter, the beautiful seasons that we experience, you do not get affected adversely. Now, I have to say again, there are some people who it's a bit reversed. Some people that have got this condition, condition called SAD, they feel worse during summer, <laughs> which is quite interesting. Some people feel that bad, sad, low mood state even during summer. So this is not, oh yeah, it's a winter disease. Of course, it's commonly seen if it's dark and shorter days and it's wintry and cold. But of course, sometimes it's also seen in the summer months. So remember that you are able to kind of navigate through all these challenges because the moment you are incorporating light exposure, the um, air movement, healthy nutrition, hydration, your vitamin D supplements, the therapy and medication, if needed, all these things kind of work synergistically to improve your health of mind, body, soul, and spirit. I hope you've enjoyed today's session today. I actually look forward to hearing your thoughts. What was your main takeaway? What are you looking to incorporate that even as you go about your daily life, maybe something has struck a chord in your heart and you're like, oh, I'm going to start doing that. Or maybe there's somebody you know who needs to hear this. Please download this. Please share with them. And let me know what your thoughts are. I am Dr. Duny. I look forward to connecting with you. Thank you for listening and tuning in to the Wellbeing for Mothers show. Until next time, I ask that you stay well. Mm-hmm.